Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today. It's good to see everyone here this morning, and we welcome everyone and hope God's going to bless you all as we worship God together. Uh, we, we welcome our guests especially this morning and uh, want you to know that you're very important to us. We're glad that you're here. Uh, thanks to Heather for being here and filling in for Mark again this week. Uh, glad you're here, Heather. And, and I've got some friends from Atlanta, some old, see they're really old, <laughs> old friends, Roy and Emily Durham, uh, some, some very dear friends that uh, we've been friends for many, many years. So we're glad that, that you're here, Roy and Emily. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to uh, take those and to fill them out and give us whatever information you feel comfortable get, uh, sharing with us and uh, pass them down the aisle so that others can do the same. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, our Hoops and Cheers basketball and cheerleading program is underway officially. We had our first day of registration yesterday, and... Um, uh, and we, you, you see in your, in your bulletin there the dates that are coming up for further registration uh, this coming week and the week after. And uh, so we need your help. And if you would like to volunteer in any way, uh, we could use your help. So see uh, one of the members of the committee, and we will, be, we will definitely put you to work. Also, you will see that uh, we are planning a, uh, an outing to for the ball, a ball game to the Cardinals game against the A's on August the 27th. And so if you would like to attend and are able to, please see Chris Hopgood, and uh, he'll get you on the list and, and make sure you get a ticket for that game. And also coming up on uh, September the 16th and 17th, we have our annual barbecue fundraiser at Sureway at East, Eastgate. And um, that's always a, a big uh, event, a good fundraiser for our mission projects here at Community Baptist Church. We have tickets available. If you'd like some tickets, see Mike Sugg, and he'll get you some tickets that you can purchase. And uh, we would actually like to encourage you to take a handful and, and go and sell these tickets uh, uh, because the, the bulk of the money that we make are, is on pre-sales. And so, uh, so let me invite you to, to get some tickets from Mike or, or in the church office, and we will sell those and make lots of money for our upcoming missions activities. One other thing, um, you will notice today that the words to the, book, to the songs are not, uh, we don't have those today, so we're going old school today, folks. Um, you got to use a hymnal. <laughs> So look around. If you don't have one nearby, uh, find one. Uh, and, and here's a good opportunity for you to find a hymnal. Let's stand up and let's greet each other and look for hymnals.
Let us pray together. Gracious Creator, in this moment we pause, we still ourselves, and we know that you are God. 
we rest in the depth of your love that exceeds anything that we can imagine. There is nothing that we can do to, set us, to separate us from your loving presence. And this is the faith that we hold on to. And we hold on to this even when we don't see your hand or feel that you are near. As we settle into prayer, we pray that you would settle into us. Make us one people. Draw us near to you by drawing us near to one another. Meet us, O oh God, at the point of our deepest needs. We pray for those in our community who are struggling with physical and mental illnesses. Many are carrying heavy burdens and fears and anxieties. We pray that you will fill them with your love that casts out all fear. Touch them with your healing ways and comfort. Infuse us all, O oh God, with your grace that restores and your hope that renews. Our hearts break for this world of uncertainty, for those whose lives are torn apart by natural disasters and traumas that bring unimaginable loss. For the senseless violence and injustices, O oh God, we pray that your steady hand will guide our nation and all of our nations, bringing forth out of chaos and conflict a harmony that is more perfect than we can imagine, a new humility and understanding and a new hunger for love and, and unity. We pray that your life-giving spirit may so move in every human heart that those barriers that divide us will crumble that suspicions will disappear and hatred will cease. Help us, O oh God, to stay focused on you. Instill within us a sense of your peace and reconciliation. Give us the courage and the resilience to accept your transformed life for all of us. In a world that appears to be drowning in ugliness and division, Prepare our minds and our hearts and our hands to usher in your kingdom of love that never fails. And then send us out into the power, in the power of your spirit to live and to serve in this world. To your praise and glory, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
There we got it. Yes. How are you guys today? Awesome. Does anybody want to help me read something that I have written on this mirror? Sorry if it, the reflection hurts anybody's eyes. I didn't think that that, that would might maybe happen. Yeah, you want to read? Okay. Because I am fearfully... Fearfully, sorry, that's my handwriting. That's the problem here. Made. That, let's see, full well. I know that full well. So that just means that you know it really well, hey? So God says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that even mean? Anybody? It means that God created each one of you guys with purpose and with great love. All of us, actually, not just children. But God created you uniquely. You're one unique piece of creation. How cool is that? I think that's pretty cool, right? So you're probably wondering why I brought this mirror out, right? Yeah. So I was kind of thinking today that because we are oftentimes in a world where people are telling us, critiquing us, right? So they're saying, do better at this, be better at this. Right? That's just kind of part of life. And that's okay. We, we should try to improve ourselves. But we also should try to remember what we are good at and what we are unique at and how we can view ourselves in the mirror when we wake up in the morning. Does anybody else? Does anybody... Look in the mirror first thing in the morning when you're trying to get ready. Yeah? Anybody? What do you what do you think when you look in that mirror? What do you do you think positive things? Yeah? What do you think, Peyton? <coughs> Paige, I'm sorry. <laughs> that you're beautiful. That's an awesome thought. What do you guys think when you look in the mirror? Think happy things? Do you think that, hey, I'm good at sports, right? No? I think you are. You're pretty talented. You're pretty talented. You what? You're good at cheerleading. Hey, that's awesome. Not everybody knows how to be a cheerleader. I know, but so I was kind of thinking today that, so I found this mirror in my house. I don't use. It was in my closet. So I was thinking we could have a good purpose for it and we could hang it in our room. So we have this verse here reminding us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we're going to write on here, if I invite you, I'm not going to force you, I'm going to invite you to write something you like about yourself. It can be physical, so that could be like your hair, your eyes, or it could be a gift that God has given you. So you can sing, or you can dance. So who would like to do that? And if you don't feel comfortable writing it, I can write it for you. Peyton. You can write wherever you want. Just please don't cover the words. That's my only. You can write between the words. That's okay. We can always write those words again. You don't have to. I'm just inviting you. I'm inviting you to do this. So what can you share? Can you share with me what you wrote? You're smart. Hey. Anybody else? 
Does anybody want me to write anything for them? Neva, what are you good at? What's something you like about yourself? Singing. Yes? Can you hold on just a second? What did you say? Singing. Would you like me to write that for you? Okay, cool. So, Neva, would you write singing on there? Anybody else? How about you be my writer? Thanks, Peyton. We're going to not do this for very long because we, we can't take all day. But how about two more things from people? Why it's good at what? Sleeping. That is a talent. I think that's a talent. Not everybody can get to sleep, right? Some people struggle to fall asleep. Let's write it. <laughs> and I know why it's very good at sports. Sleeping, that's a talent. That's something you like about yourself. Georgia. What? Singing. You, do, you guys do like to sing, hey? <laughs> Anybody else? You're good at sports, so we can write sports on there. So you guys have so many talents and gifts. So we're going to do two more, and then we're going to pray. And then we're going to, how are we going to get up the stairs today? So I'm, since I'm your leader, I'm going to lead you. Does that make sense, right? That's rational. And we're going to walk so nobody falls on the face, right? I think that's a rational idea. What? You want to help me teach? Well, we can work on that. Yeah. Okay, so anybody else? One more. Yeah. Got it. I, we, we get it. Thanks. One more. You guys are good writers. I'm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Okay, so. You finished? Sorry, I don't mean to rush you. All right, you guys. So let's look at all these talents and gifts that we have that we can look at, that we can remind ourselves of next time we look in the mirror, right? Okay, let's pray. God, help us to remember that we are wonderfully and fearfully made in your image. We are all equal and wonderful parts of your creation. Help us to remember that when we look in the mirror in the morning, that we are capable of anything that we put our mind to. And with your help and your positive energy and your love, God, we can go throughout our day and know that we can make a difference in the world. And I... We are thankful for all these beautiful and wonderful children in front of us in this church today that have demonstrated they are so good at so many things, God. Help them to remember that as they go through their life, as they will encounter many trials and tribulations and tests and bullies and negative things, but help them to remember that they are capable and they are wonderful. Amen. You can't open your eyes. We're done praying. Okay, so how are we going to go up the stairs? Walking, and who's going to lead? Glad that...
please pray with me. Lord, we thank you today for all of the church family that you bring into our lives, Lord. And we uh, thank you, Lord, for every time someone gives us a call or or, uh, sends us a card or just tells us that they're thinking about us, Lord, because we know that's them reflecting you. And uh, we ask that you be with all of those that were unable to be with us today, Lord. You know those that are on our hearts and and those that are in our prayers, Lord. And you know those that we are lifting up to you. And we thank you for the comfort that, that you bring to us and for the comfort that you bring to those that are in need. And we just ask that you take these tithes and offerings out into our community, Lord, and just help us in some way to better the lives of those around us. In your name we pray. Amen. join me in reading Luke 13 verses 10 through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. 
When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her immediately, she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Do not, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those who knew um, the legendary jazz musician Cab Calloway knew that he was a man of dignity and humor. And we are told that one night at the legendary jazz bar called Birdland, Cab was introducing a promising young saxophone player. But as the sax player finished his set, a self-appointed jazz critic came over to the the young player and said in front of Cab, You aren't that good, man. All you do is play like Charlie Parker. At that point, Cab took the young man's saxophone, handed it over to the critic and said, Here, you play it like Charlie Parker. Obviously, he couldn't. Isn't it true? That whenever you're trying to do something significant, there is always someone there who comes along to criticize you. Busybodies. The world is full of them. Well-known columnist James Kilpatrick bought a computer program a while back that not only could scan his copy for typos, but it could also tell him about grammar and usage and style and, and punctuation. In short, the program could tell Kilpatrick the difference between good writing and bad writing. And so just for fun, he fed some of his own copy into the program, and the machine promptly told told him that he was a lousy writer. Well, then he tried Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, and the computer informed him that Abe Lincoln's beautiful speech that he wrote they said that the writing style was weak because he had it was too wordy and he used too much of the passive voice. It, was, it also observed that Lincoln used too many adjectives and most of his sentences contained multiple clauses and that he should try to write more simply. I guess one could say that even computers are becoming critics and busybodies these days. Critics are everywhere, everywhere. And it is true that anybody who tries to do something significant in this world is going to have somebody there telling that person that he or she should have done it a different way. As Yogi Berra once said, anyone who is popular is bound to be disliked. Amen on that one. And apparently Jesus was no exception. In our story for today, Jesus healed a woman with a bad back. She had been bent over. And I'm imagining a woman who has 
bent over significantly. She had been bent over for 18 years of her life, unable to straighten herself up. And so when Jesus saw her, he had compassion on her and healed her. Why? Because that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. He heals people. He heals people spiritually. He heals them emotionally. And occasionally he even heals them physically. There was an article in the newspaper recently about a woman with a chronic bone problem who couldn't raise her head or even drink a cup of coffee. She suffered from a rare condition that caused her head to be be stuck looking down, pointing down, almost fused to her chest. And, and naturally, because of that, she was virtually a recluse, walking around like this all the time. And, and, and I mean, think about it. Since she couldn't look up, she couldn't safely cross a street. She couldn't eat or drink properly, and she couldn't see more than most people's feet. That's all she could see. But then she found somebody who could help her. And you won't believe how. You see, the surgeon used a radical procedure in which he completely detached her head from her spinal column. I know the story sounds like it comes from one of the tabloids along with the uh, space aliens uh, uh, invading the earth. But but this was an Associated Press story. and, and And this was the technique that he used. At one point, her head was only connected to her shoulders by major arteries and the spinal cord, not the, not the spine, but the spinal cord and some muscles. That's all that had things connected there. And then after making the necessary adjust, adjustments, the surgeon reattached it, her head to her spine. It was a tremendously risky procedure, but it worked. And now she is, has almost full use of her head and neck. This woman found the right doctor and he healed her. Well, 2,000 years ago, there were no doctors to perform radical procedures like that. But there was still help. Because you see, Jesus was there and Jesus heals people. He healed people then and he heals people now. The University of Arizona College of Medicine in Tucson uh, now has a program which they have called Integrative Medicine. It's a program designed to study and to apply alternative forms of medicine to a, the, a regiment of, of traditional medicine. And one of the forms of alternative medicine which the college employs is prayer. Go figure. Prayer. In one scientific study after another, prayer has been shown to lower blood pressure. Do you know that? You got blood pressure? You better get pray- You're not praying enough, folks. <laughs> you know? And even more impressive, religious folks have been found to live longer than agnostics or atheists. And one recent study has shown that heart patients ha- are less likely to die when designated family members pray for them, even when those heart patients don't even realize that they're being prayed for. So we're glad that medical science is finally catching on to what you and I have known for all of our lives, and that is that Jesus heals people. He heals them spiritually. He heals them emotionally. 
And occasionally he even heals them physically. That's what Jesus does. Always has. That's what Jesus does. But still, the world is filled with critics. Naysayers, busybodies, people who always say that what you are doing shouldn't be done or there's a better way to do it. And apparently there was just such a critic present when Jesus healed this woman with the bad back. We are told that the ruler of the synagogue where Jesus was teaching was moved with indignation because Jesus healed this woman on the Sabbath. There are six days in which work should be done, said this ecclesiastical busybody. Then you need to come and be healed on one of those other days, but not on the Sabbath. Do you hear this? The ruler of the synagogue was upset because Jesus was breaking the rules. We have a rule, he said, no healing on the Sabbath. Have you ever noticed how many stupid things are done because we have a rule? You know, and I know that rules are put into place in order to keep order and to make things properly and to to make sure things run smoothly. But sometimes keeping the rules gets to be ridiculous. I heard just recently that Greyhound bus, Greyhound bus lines, they have a rule, they have a rule. No pets on their buses. And I understand that. You know, I understand that. But late one night at a rural truck stop in Florida, a Greyhound bus driver kicked out an 80-year-old woman off of his bus. Her crime? She was returning home from her birthday party with her birthday present, which just happened to be the cutest tiny little puppy named Cookie. It was in her purse. (laughs) Well, apparently dogs aren't allowed on Greyhound buses. Do you find that as ironic as I do? (laughs) Dogs aren't allowed on a bus line named after a dog. But they have a rule. Dogs aren't allowed. And this bus driver was not going to make an exception for this 80-year-old woman. And so at at the bus stop... He kicked this woman off of his bus at 3 o'clock in the morning over over 80 miles from her home. Can't you hear that bus driver now? We have a rule. We have a rule. And rules must be abided by. You know people like that, don't you? Well, the bus driver summoned a security guard. He didn't know what to do with her. And so he called the sheriff's department. And that just added more fright to this poor woman. When the bus pulled away and I saw all those policemen, it scared me to death. She said, I thought I was going to jail. I was crazy with fear. I've never been to jail. Well, what could have become a terrifying ordeal for this woman who walks with a crutch and has a hard time hearing and and seeing instead became an inspiration. You see, after getting this woman a sandwich and something to drink, police officers 
from five different jurisdictions teamed up to ferry her home. I've never seen so many people so nice with me, an old lady, she said. They gave me love and respect and attention. Love has lots of names, she said. Compassion, respect, friendliness. Well, Greyhound apologized for their actions and gave the woman a a refund. The least they can do. The unidentified driver who was a 20-year veteran of Greyhound was suspended. But Greyhound had a rule. They had a rule. And they were going to abide by it no matter what. The religious leaders of Jesus' day had a rule. They had rules. And most of the rules that they had were good, including the one about not working on the Sabbath. That's a good rule, folks. It really is. I wish we did more of it today. I mean, think about it. Would any of us disagree that it would be better if nobody had to work on the Sabbath? If that were the case, then families could have more time together. And this is a hectic world we live in, and we need time together, don't we? We need to set aside some time. If nobody worked on the Sabbath, families would have more time together. People could slow down. You need to slow down? I need to slow down sometimes. We run so fast. If, we, if people didn't work on the Sabbath, then people could slow down a little bit and take a day of rest and, and relaxation. And we could, we could see to our religious responsibilities with a minimum of disruption. But would we close the hospitals? No. Of course not. You know why? Because some things are more important than rules. And Jesus knew that. And so Jesus healed this woman with her bad back, and he was criticized for doing it because he did it on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered his critic. He called him a a hypocrite. And he noted that people will untie their ox or their donkey and lead them to water on the Sabbath. And so why should they complain about the fact that this woman who has been bound for 18 years should be set free? Why do we have to wait another day? She's one of God's children. Let's help her now. And in performing this miracle, I believe that Jesus established a principle that needs to be engraved into your heart and mind. And here it is. Listen to this, folks. I'm giving you fair warning. This is the main point of what I'm trying to say today. (laughs) Rules and regulations are important. But the only thing that really matters to God is people. You hear that? That's the message of the gospel. The only thing that God really cares about is people, not rules. Not laws, people. The reason that God gave us laws was for our benefit. It wasn't to put us under a life of bondage. It was to free us to establish order in in our relationships with one another. And so that we can live life to its fullest. But what if we break one of those rules? Well, 
What if we do something stupid? Well, in most cases, it's not the end of the world. We may pay a price for our stupidity, and, and there is an inviolable law that says that we shall reap what we sow, and generally that is true. If, when we do things that are wrong, we usually end up paying a price for it. Yet still, it's, it's not the end of the world. And here's why. There's always hope, and there's always forgiveness. Psychotherapist Sheldon Kopp says that one of the greatest challenges of his profession is to help people overcome their fears. We've talked about this before. We are such a fearful society. And that affects so much of what we do and how we think. And he says that one of the most challenging things in his in his career is helping people to overcome their fears. It's only when a person can overcome their fears that a person can also realize his or her true potential. And Cop tells a story from his father's childhood, his father's childhood, that illustrates how unreasonable fears can sometimes just overwhelm us. It seems that Cop's father grew up in desperate poverty in the heart of New York City. As a boy, he would hang out down around the, the, the local shipyards, and when the, uh, the, barge, the uh, coal barges would come into the harbor, he would stand on the edge and throw rocks at the coal barges. And to run him off, the men on the coal barges would pick up lumps of coal and throw it at him, trying to run him off. And uh, by collecting those pieces of coal, the little boy helped his family warm his home during the wintertime. Pretty smart, huh? <laughs> But one day, the boy's mother, his, his, uh, a cop's grandmother, gave the little boy a nickel and sent him off to the day-old bakery to buy some bread. The bread only cost two cents. That tells you how long ago this was. And so she expected her son to bring back exactly three cents in change. And it was a cold, cold winter day, and the boy was wearing only a threadbare sweater with six pockets. And so he he walked along the long route to the bakery and bought two cents worth of day-old bread. And then he made the long trip back to his house on this cold winter day. And as the boy got closer to his home, he began to worry about those three pennies and change that he was supposed to present to his mother. If he lost even one of those pennies, he would be in for a beating, he thought. And so he reached into one of his six pockets and he fished around for the change and it wasn't there. And frantically, he he reached into four of his other pockets. No pennies could be found. He only had one pocket left to check. And he was so afraid that the pennies would not be in that last remaining pocket that he simply could not bring himself to check it. He just couldn't confront this awful fear that he had lost those three pennies. And so Sheldon's father sat out on his front porch for hours in the cold. If he looked in that remaining pocket, that one remaining pocket, he was afraid of discovering that the money wasn't there. And if he went inside, he was afraid of facing his parents' anger. And so he just sat there out in the cold for hours in the numbing cold, paralyzed by competing fears 
that simply that he simply could not bring himself to face. Somehow that young fellow did not realize that his parents' love for him was much greater than their love for three pennies. In fact, their love for him was even greater than the principle of being responsible. Their love for him was greater than his tiny heart and mind could imagine. He didn't have to sit out there in the cold, regardless of his crime. Because there's warmth. There's the warmth of love and forgiveness in his parents' house. And all he had to do was come inside. That's the lesson that we all need to learn, isn't it? Jesus broke the rules. He healed a woman on the Sabbath. And I think by doing this, Jesus was saying to us that God's love for God's children is greater than God's adherence to rules and laws. And so we no longer need to sit out in the cold, dark of our night of our fears. Because, my friends, God's love for us is greater than all of our sins. And all that really matters to God is that we come on in out of the cold. Come on home. Pennies or not, come on home. That's what God's love does for us. Amen. You know, God loves us so much. I say that a lot, I know, because it's true. God loves us so much. And God wants us to come in out of the cold. Doesn't matter if we lost our pennies or dollars or thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. God is a loving, forgiving God. And God calls on us to be loving, forgiving people. And I hope we are. I know that we are because I've seen it at work in, in your lives. And God expresses God's love for us in so many ways. And every once in a while, we get to express it back. Let's do that as we sing our closing hymn, How I Love You. 230.
as you depart from one another, may you go with joy and care for your brothers and sisters. May you encourage one another in Christian discipleship and in prayer and in service. And may the love and grace of God through Jesus Christ make you a holy people for God's honor and glory. Amen.